Welcome in to a very special edition of Sportball. I'm your boy, Sam, with as always are my friends, Kyle and Seth. And I feel this is a special edition because every week I make an outline, I slave over it, and I send it to them, and they don't read it at all. Then today, I didn't send an outline because I wanted to surprise them. And I, I get a text saying, do we have an outline? They crave it. And yet there is no outline when you need it most. You get your revenge. <laughs> so, uh, well, first of all, how are we doing? I mean, Kyle's over here. He, he seems to be in a matching beanie and sweater combo. Very becoming. Yeah. He lifted up his shirt. I didn't see anything, but the, I wanted the to. The pocket of my sweatshirt is the same color as the beanie. That was the pocket? Wow. Yeah. This is next level matching. <laughs> I'm this is what the here. listeners crave. <laughs> <laughs> You know, those listening to that matching outfit is going to be incredible. Maybe I'll um, actually post this on YouTube because I keep forgetting. Doubtful. <clears throat> I'm eating a frozen pizza. It was a pepperoni pizza. Then I added arugula and leftover tandoori chicken, which is something that I told these gentlemen <laughs> about three minutes ago before we started recording. I was going so to say, for, for those at home, that was probably like mildly interesting. Now that we've heard it twice. It's astounding. It's just as nice. <laughs> <laughs> I might bring it up a third time. I hope you. I hope you, you do. To be honest, uh, we are we're past the All Star break in the NBA, so this is going to be a nice NBA hard hitting pod. Super Bowl's over. NFL is dead, gone. Uh, there's one person here who got a Super Bowl pick right. I won't say who it is. Robbed is what we were. <laughs> It was a fun Super Bowl, though. We had a good time. We were all together. That was nice. That was nice. Some great, great food. Mm. Great company. company Daisy was, okay. was uh, on her worst behavior. <laughs> <laughs> but Riley was on her best. So really, it yeah, out. Riley crushed it. Uh, so forget the NFL, okay? Those of you trying to listen to the NFL and covering the NFL, get out. This is NBA only. We can really dive in now. I can't wait to just focus on the NBA for the next few months as we ramp up to the playoffs. So the second half has already begun. If you want to call it a half, you know, I mean, what are there, 30 games left, I think. Um, I've compiled a list of NBA second half looming questions, of which I have not warned either of our co-hosts about. And so I think we just dive right in. What do you guys say? You ready? I'm ready. I mean, as we could ever be, apparently. <laughs> Good. All right. Number one, the question that I know will make Seth the most mad of any question I'll ask today. Should Philly be now the favorite to come out of the East? He just threw his pizza across the room. <laughs> now, let me preface this by saying, okay, Seth, before you get your rebuttal, because I know you – you hate Harden, you hate Embiid, you hate Philadelphia, you hate everyone in Philadelphia. You've told me so. Hey, cheesesteaks. Yep. <laughs> so let me preface by saying Harden and Embiid have played two games together very early. They look borderline unstoppable. Uh, in the last game they played against the Knicks, they took 47 three throws, uh, which is a lot. And um, it's only been two games. 
And Seth, you're going to say Harden is bad in the playoffs, which he is, and I would agree with you. But Embiid is a monster in the playoffs. So, you know, maybe that'll even out a little bit. Last two years, I was looking at his playoff stats. He was 28 and 11 and then 30 and 12 um, over those runs, averaging one and 1.4 blocks. Can't ask for much more. Um, is Embiid the best shot Harden has at getting to the finals? You know, KD was obviously a great shot at it, and then Harden got injured. And, of course, I'm worried about injuries, you know, if I'm thinking Phil is a favorite, right? Embiid has been injury prone in the past and Harden has had his fair share of recent injuries, but you know, he was with CP three. He was a small guard. You know, it's tough for those, those players to lead teams to the finals. I mean, Embiid is a dominant player in the playoffs. So, you know, Seth, tell me why Harden couldn't ride Embiid like a small horse into the finals. Um, I think, I mean, I'm not saying it couldn't happen. Embiid is good enough to, carry even the likes of James Harden into into good playoff contention. But my main point is a week ago we weren't saying they're the contenders and they've played two games and they beat the Timberwolves and the Knicks and now it's just a big circle jerk. I mean we it's didn't record a pod last week. That's correct. Well I think we were always like Philly's looming depends what they get for Ben Simmons. They got James fucking Harden. So I mean obviously we're gonna think of those contenders, right? Okay, even after the trade, though, you weren't saying, all right, well, they're the, definitely the team to beat in the East. We were saying, yeah, we'll see how it goes. And I'm sure they're going to be, you know, in that yeah. top tier with Miami and Milwaukee and Brooklyn and Chicago. And that's where I think that's where I think I'm not saying they're I mean, it's just a looming question. You know, I'm not just saying I necessarily believe they're prohibitive favorites, but it has well, looked pretty good so far. Yeah. Well, they played the Knicks, who are a dumpster fire. And they play the Timberwolves, who are extremely inconsistent and uh, foul teams at the highest grade in the league. Mm-hmm. So they're playing right in their hands. So forgive me if I'm not bowing down at the altar after you played two games and you know look good in circumstances that were perfectly crafted for you to look good. I will not forgive you. Thank you for asking for my forgiveness. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mean. I don't even know what we're debating here because on, on its face, I agree with everything you said. Uh, it's just that they look like if we were, I guess, Kyle, if we had any issues about fit, there don't seem to be any. That's the big thing. Imagine back in the Houston days when we watched the magic of James Harden and Clint Capella. Now imagine Clint Capella could take over a game and create his own shot. This is what James Harden has next to him now. Mm. Right? Yeah, and everyone around them just fits into their right roles, right? Like Maxi makes so much more sense uh-huh. around those two. Tobias is a fourth or third option, which is what he should be, right? It just kind of all gels together. Sam, I have a perfect question for on you. defense. Doesn't have to do anything else. <laughs> exactly. I have a question for you, Sam. All right, I reserve the right to not answer. How do you sleep at night? Like a baby. All right. Next question. Who do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> what What does it feel like to jump onto the Harden and Bead train and be supporting a player who <clears throat> forced his way out of two teams in 13 months, just deliberately stopped trying and honestly embarrassed 
the sport of basketball a few weeks so, ago. The sport of basketball. First of all, it feels great. I think I'm ready for my first media day. This is going really well. It feels great. I'm more supporting. I want Embiid. I, I'm, I'm an Embiid fan. I just think he's one of the best players in the NBA. And I think it's a really cool story how he came to the NBA. And he's just a really different player, you know, than a lot of our our favorite players that are those ball-dominant wings or guards. And so I just really enjoy watching him. Um so I wouldn't necessarily say I wouldn't necessarily say that I'm rooting for the Sixers, but I do want good things for Joel Embiid. And you know, if they're playing anyone again but the Bulls and they keep advancing, I'll be relatively happy for him. I guess is what I would say. I'm disgusted by you. What What's wrong with this statement? <laughs> I mean, nothing wrong. I guess with one. Wanting, excuse me, wanting you're choking on your own words. (laughs) Nothing wrong with wanting Embiid to win. I don't really have anything against Embiid. You don't like Embiid. A general dislike because he plays for the Sixers and they're one of the Celtics' rivals, right? So, who isn't these days? Yeah, I mean the Celtics. Every team is a rival, so you have to hate like half the players in the league. Well, when you have the greatest franchise in. NBA over the course of its history, you end up with a lot of rivals. Kyle, um, just cut them off. <laughs> and so, but I, I just am a, a bit astonished that you could overlook Harden's malfeasances so readily and for, act like it didn't happen and say, oh, well, I'm cheering for Embiid, so I'm just saying ignore that. Uh, you know, I, I feel like you're on the Kyrie me. side in this argument, and I don't feel like that's the side to be on. I definitely not on Kyrie's side. <laughs> I don't know because that's the reason Harden wanted out. Yeah, I think I wouldn't want to play with Kyrie either. But there you go. I don't think it's professional or uh, mature or appropriate to just quit on everyone else in the rest of the team and go out there and not try. So I'm I mean, sorry that I I like players who play hard. As you should be. You I mean, were just not a fan of that entire trade then, considering two players were refusing to play for their own team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I've never been a Ben. I haven't been a Ben Simmons fan since he started this whole thing either. Like, just because Kyrie's on the team, James Harden could just be like, "All right, well, Kyrie's only here half the time. Kevin Durant's injured. This is my time to step up." do what I can to keep us above water until KD comes back. And then we really get going. Like it wasn't like, all right, be best friends with Kyrie or leave. That's, mm-hmm. that, that wasn't his only option. I played on lots of sports teams where I had teammates that I didn't really love. You, you don't have to force me? your way out. You also didn't. Did you really have <laughs> the option though, to demand going to a new school to play? For right. I, I think mean, it's, I think like it has happened before in the past with him and with like AD and others. It's like, it's almost not the principle of it so much as the way it was handled, I guess. Like I think everyone should be able to work where they want to work. And if they have a core, you know, if they have an environment that's shitty and they don't want to work in it, they should be able to find, you know, a new workplace. But it's, I think it's like one thing to ask for a trade and then another to like, just dog it and quit on your on your teammates or coworkers in that situation. You know, does that 
Does that make any sense? Yeah, Sam, if, if you had someone at Spring Systems who you didn't like working with and you wanted to go somewhere else, you could, you know, let your boss know that you're wanting to go somewhere else or you could show up drunk to work or, I mean, Harden didn't do that, obviously, or you could show up to work and not really do your job for weeks yeah. until they fire you. Like, one of those would be respectful and one of them isn't. I completely agree with everything you said. I just, I, I, I like watching good basketball. I like watching mm-hmm. Embiid, and I, you know, I, I, I think that that um, Embiid deserved someone to fill that roster spot who could help them win. Right after Simmons quit on him, and you know, obviously, I didn't love the way it went down, but I just, I, he looks so happy now. You know. I'm not going to hold it against any. Uh, there's no point in <laughs> holding any of this against any NBA player. <laughs> LeBron's been to how many different teams? He's acted miserably in some situations. He hasn't demanded trades midseason, but he's. There was that instance in what was it, 2018 Cavs, where he just dogged it so they would trade like half the team. <laughs> yeah. The, the day before the trade deadline. Although LeBron does have more clout since he wins championships, but yeah, it's, it's definitely trending that way for a lot of stars. Uh, Harden is most, the most uh, egregious of them, but you know, it's been happening since Wilt too. Wilt was the, was the Harden 1.0 of this. So, (laughs) but we, let's not turn this into another Harden debate as we do every podcast. We could be doing a podcast about, you know, the NHL playoffs and we were turning into a hardened debate. So um, what do you, so before we move on to my next burning question, what would you, what would you say about Philly's um, chances to come out of the East? Do you put them in that top tier with Miami and the Bucks after you've seen them a couple of times? I feel like I do. Of course. Yeah. It's probably the hardest two man game to defend now in the league, right? Yeah. When you put a big that skilled with a guard that skilled, I mean, you, like, what are you supposed to do in a hard and then be pick and roll? You can't switch it. And you can't, you can't really defend it because they can, they can both dribble, shoot and pass. Right. So it's tough. It's tough, but the East is going to be tough, which moves me to my next point. Kyle, your second looming question. This is Miami have a real shot to return to the finals so soon after their bubble miracle of a few years ago. They are 41 and 21, first in the East, sixth in defense, seventh in offense, despite the injuries that they've been dealing with all season. They have the profile of a finals team. What do you think, Kyle? Do you think they, they, uh, they have enough offense and enough scoring to get it done and move through the East? I mean, you asked me this before the season started, I would have said no. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, that was also coming off a year where Tyler Hero did absolutely nothing in his sophomore season, and he has tremendously rebounded. Um, he's got to be, what, the sixth man of the year front runner at this point. Got to be, yep. Um, you know, they, they don't even have Oladipo. They barely played with Oladipo. And in his absence, we got uh, Gabe Vincent, 
has been formidable. It's nice to know that you have some additional depth. Yeah, if Lowry's out, he's just he just fits right in. Same, you know, you got another shooter off the bench too, and Max Struess. So, and I, I, it all comes back to Kyle Lowry, though. Mm-hmm. Big butts just win. I think we we knew that, but we didn't know. The bigger the butt, but need I say more? <laughs> I mean, obviously, we knew defensively they were going to be one of the top teams. I think the question was always around, you know, how's that offense going to work? Because no one really believed in the depth that they had. Yep. We have over half a season now of seeing that the depth works perfectly fine, perfectly well. Um, So they can compete with anyone and they've showed us that. I mean, they just held the bulls to, you know, under a hundred, hundred points and pulled out that victory again. Chicago hasn't been fully healthy in God knows how many months, but True. after what DeMar has been doing to every other team that he plays, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I agree with you that hero is really the key, right? I mean, if you're wondering how they're going to just generate that half court offense, how they're going to a little bounce, a little, a little verve, you know, like Jimmy, Jimmy will isolate late in, in games. And it's just, sometimes it's tough for him to get shot off. He's not a great shooter. Right. And bam, you know, it's hard for a big man like that to, to get buckets late in the game, but hero can really get to where he wants. And he's going to be closing a lot of these playoff games, probably most of them, I would think. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be key. What do you think, Seth? Do you, are you, are you liking what you see another heat? Make a bet right now. <clears throat> heat make it farther in the playoffs than the Sixers. I, I mean, I wouldn't take that. All right. We, it's all going to depend on matchups. We'll talk about this a little later, but it's yeah. going to be a fucking gauntlet in the East. It is. It is. Yeah, I I, I mean, I love the Heat. Um, I think they're rock solid. Everything that Kyle said, right? I'm a big BAM guy. Um, they've just... They've got a, a well-rounded team. I was saying to Sam a couple weeks ago, it's like, doesn't it feel like Kyle Lowry has been on this team for like two years? <laughs> and really this fits. is his first season. Yeah, I know. And I also know there's a – I heard on another – I think Zach Lowe's podcast today. It's like their top lineup, I think even just their top four with Lowry, Bam, Jimmy, and Hero have played like – 70 minutes together or something all year yeah it's like they've weathered the storm of injuries and everything else going on and they're still you know top of the east so i think they have a very high floor and nearly as high of a ceiling as any other team but here's the thing though when you say who's gonna make it farther too it's like <laughs> their most likely first round opponent is the net so it's like hey Congrats on getting the one seed. You're playing a healthy Kevin Durant in the first round and a Kyrie Irving who can play all the games. Congrats. Ben Simmons. <laughs> Good job. Exactly. Good job get, uh, owning the regular season, which brings me to my next question. Number three on the list of Sam's looming questions, patent pending. What are we to make of this Nets team? Um. KD is seems like we'll be back in a few days. Simmons soon thereafter. 
And Kyrie should be able to play all the games soon, it sounds like. So the problem is they're an eight seed, like I just hinted at. There are two games behind Toronto for the seventh seed. I mean, at some point, you're not going to make a finals run as an eight seed, right? It's only happened once in the NBA's history, and it was the Knicks during their lockout season in 99. Is this similarly unprecedented circumstances? Maybe, but I mean, you're not, I mean, you're not favoring an eight seed to go to the finals, right? So I don't know. I mean, and Simmons seems like he'll be a great fit, you know, basketball wise, but who knows what he's going to look like, right? And who knows how he's going to perform in the playoffs after last year. So I don't know, Seth, what do you think about, about the Nets? I mean, it's kind of the, it's kind of the thing looming over the East playoffs, right? It's like the eight seed might be one of the best teams, but we just don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. It's an impossible question before we've seen Ben Simmons on the court for the Nets. Just how that's going to go, what that fit is going to be like. How is Ben going to play? How's Ben going to play in the playoffs? Uh, Matt, uh, vaccine mandate, all of that kind of stuff. There's just so many variables at play. It's impossible to predict. Um I certainly wouldn't want to see them in the playoffs, but I don't think they're just like a guaranteed to make it to the finals. Uh, obviously, as an eight seed, I mean, who knows? They could lose in the play-in. Yeah. Like one one or two bad games, depending on what their seed is. Um, so, yeah, that, that didn't really answer your question at all. It's an unanswerable question, but it's just, <clears throat> it's just kind of wild, right? And yeah. And I mean, will KD even be healthy? We're just assuming he's going right. to come back. I mean, he he's can at, get injured again at any point. Right. He's he's proven that. So, I, right. Yeah, Kyle, the the Nets right now are favored to win the East at plus two fifty, and they're an eight seed. That's insane, right? The eight seed is favored to win the East. It is wild with all the questions that are still out there, as Seth so eloquently put. You know. At this point, though, you know, you can't count out Durant if he's healthy. And I think that's got to be the main driving factor as to why they still hold that uh, those odds to win the East. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, we saw it with Kyrie the other night, too, put up 40-something, right? He, he has those nights where he could just be unstoppable scoring-wise. And if that happens and Durant doesn't really have to do much just makes it that much easier. It's just, we've seen this year. It's what we predicted, right? The East is better than the West. It's finally happened. The shift has finally occurred. I mean, our eight seed is favored to make it out of the conference and (laughs) all the odds are (laughs) bunched up at like plus 250 to plus 400. So, you know, that first six in the East is much better than the West. And then, whoever gets whoever's in the play in and the in the west is going to be you know seven eight games in over 500 so it's really been a shift this year yeah i mean it's not even close this year and uh, there's been plenty of years where it wasn't close in favor of the west but just uh just to put it out into the universe to to manifest it on the pod my biggest hope for the playoffs aside from the celtics success is for the Sixers to play the Nets. Please. And crunch time, four minutes left, 
close game. Doc Rivers makes the call. <laughs> Intentionally foul Ben Simmons. <laughs> the poetry. It would be incredible, especially after we had a debate on this podcast when Doc Rivers like was defending Ben Simmons and saying, hey, what if he makes right one out of two. <laughs> if he makes one out of two, we're fine with that. Yeah. Though one point per possession would be like the worst offense in the league. So that is really dumb to be fine with that. Um, and he was shooting less than 50% anyways. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> is there anything so, that the NBA fan base as a whole wants more than a Philly Brooklyn series? God, we all crave it. Philly Boston. <laughs> Just to go against Seth for an entire Easy series. Money. We would be betting heavily be on Philly. <laughs> uh, all right. Might be a sweep. Looming yeah, question. Yeah, would be. Living question number four. This is the last one about the East, I swear. Okay, fingers crossed. Wait, so that means I don't swear, right? Uh, Which of these top six teams in the East is going to lose in the first round? Two of these teams has to lose in the first round. In the first round, okay, you ready? Miami, the Bucks, Philly, the Nets, the Bulls, and the Celtics. Two of those teams have to lose. Will it just be our teams? Maybe. Okay. This is the perfect. This is the most, according to um, Zach Cram at the Ringer. This is the most likely first round matchups. You ready? The aforementioned Heat versus the Nets in the first round. I mean, what the fuck? One of those teams has to lose in the first round. Then the Sixers versus the Raptors. Okay, you know Sixers would probably squeak by, but what if the Sixers get the Nets? Right. The Bulls and the Celtics. Let's fucking go, baby. That would be a juicy, juicy matchup. And then neither, and then both of us can't lose. I really hate to see you guys so disappointed. I hope, hope that's not the matchup. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bucks Cavs is the other series. So Bucks, you would assume would, would roll that. But what are the Bucks play the Bulls or the Celtics? A lot of jostling can go. So what do you guys think? I mean, I would probably say the Celtics and the Bulls are the worst out of those six teams. But it's all going to depend on matchups, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, if the Cavs play the Bucks in the first round, the Bucks have a good shot of losing. Don't say it. I knew you're gonna say it. No. That's not I happening. can't wait for I really hope that matchup happens because I'll bet against <laughs> the Cavs are sputtering all day, every day. No. Yeah. Well, I, I no. The Cavs can't score enough and Garland is still injured. For now. Do you know something? <laughs> Sounds like he's been personally working Garland out for a return. Uh, I just fear, Kyle, I fear that depending on the matchup, the Bulls might lose in the first round. I mean, you could say that about any team, depending on the matchup. Dude, I'm going to – dude, this is going to be the best this, – this east side of the playoffs is going to be the best in recent memory, I feel like. Like, every matchup is going to be so juicy. Yeah, yeah I'm, I remember last year we were just so. All I know is I, I'm going to yeah. choose if I have to choose at least one team that's going to lose in the first round. I'm choosing the Celtics. I think that's fair. out of the top six seeds. <laughs> I would honestly say the same, but <laughs> hey, according to 538, we have the 
highest odds to win the NBA Finals. So, just saying. <laughs> I think the but Cavs and Raptors. Five thirty-eight on. I think the Cavs and Raptors definitely lose, no matter what. But I didn't have them in the top six. It wasn't by the sixth seed. It was like the top six teams we think are the best six. Yep. You got to say the Nets are one of the most likely, right? Because they're guaranteed to play one of the best teams. Yeah. I wouldn't say Fucked they're up, one of the most likely teams to lose in the first round. This league. Know. This league. Right. Second round is going to be Heat, Sixers, Bucks, Celtics. Those are the teams that are going to survive. You know what I would love? They'll probably somehow play each other, so that'll be impossible. But <laughs> what, what we can hope for is Bulls, Celtics, and then on the other side, Philly, Brooklyn. And then all three of us would just be in a cryogenic chamber for two weeks watching <laughs> both of them. <laughs> we would not survive that. Tell all of our families we're not speaking to them for two weeks if that happens. <laughs> Man, it's going to be wild. Okay, forget the East, all right? Get it out of your mind. Looming second half NBA question number five. Can the Grizzlies of Memphis upset the Suns or the Warriors and make the conference finals in the West? So they're going to have to go through one of those teams. Uh, They're third behind them right now. Jonathan Morant, my own son who I birthed from my loins, had 52 yesterday, including a posterization of a seven-foot-tall man and maybe one of the best halftime buzzer beaters I've seen. Um. They're fourth in offense and eighth in defense. You know we crave a top 10 in each for a championship contender, right? So they fit that profile. Are they just too young, though? Are they too inexperienced? You know, their best player is 22. There's not a lot of history for that really happening for a run. You know, maybe you can look at the OKC Thunder, you know, but certainly they had Harden, KD, and Westbrook. So tough to compare to them. I don't know. What do you think, Kyle? You know, I know you love the Grizzlies as, as much as I do. Do you think they have a real shot at upending one of those teams? I think Ja has shown us over the course of the season already. You can't count him out of any game, and especially if it's going to be, you know, five, seven game series. You just, he's. Did anybody count the Derrick Rose Bulls out of any games? Right. Because that's essentially what he is to this generation. Yeah. Right. So I just they're, – they're so good defensively. They're so well-rounded. We've seen Desmond Bain come into his zone. You know, I was a Desmond Bain fan, obviously, last year too. Mm. And to see him blossom into the role that he has um, – you know, they, they have the depth on the bench. They have unique options um, in terms of the collection of players that they could put on the floor to close a game, depending on what's needed. So I wouldn't count them out against either of those teams, um, especially if Chris Paul's not going to be back or fully healthy Yeah. Um, at that point in the, in the year. Yeah. And the Warriors, if Draymond doesn't come back to form, you know, right. there are questions for, for both teams. Yeah, um, without Draymond, I think anything could happen, especially against the Warriors. He's such a necessity for them defensively. Yeah, and offensively. I mean, it's tough. He gets them so many open shots because he's like – True, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, Seth, I feel like during this season, I started out being like, all right, Memphis is going to be like a solid team probably in the play-in. And then they start playing. I'm like, okay, like they're going to avoid the play-in. And then I'm kind of like, okay, they can win a first round series. And it just keeps progressing where I'm like, I mean, they could make the conference finals. You know, I don't, I, I, my ceiling that I think of them as just keeps getting higher. Right. Definitely. I'm on board with Kyle. I think they can make it to the conference finals. Obviously. I think the Suns still have the, the best chance, but I'd probably put Memphis tied with the Warriors um, mm. with, like, the second-best odds to make it to the conference finals. And a lot of it's going to come down to injuries, like y'all talked about, Draymond, CP3. <clears throat> so far, Memphis has been healthy. Hopefully that continues. Um, but, I mean, they've shown – everything that you would want out of a title contender. Um, and even like when Morant hasn't played, they've been really good still. So, yeah. Yeah. And that brings me to my next looming question too. So we know those three are at the top of the West. Any sleepers you guys see lurking that you think have an outside chance over those three. And it seems like more than the East, right? The West has got to be Denver. Yeah, I was going to say Denver's the only one. (laughs) That's what I would have said, too, especially since there's rumors, little whispers in the streets that Jamal and uh, Michael Porter might be back soon. Yeah, I think I just saw they're getting ready to send Porter down to the G League so he can get some actual in-game, you know, work in. So... Yeah, and before the season or at the beginning, you know, if I had known they had a healthy those two, I would have picked them above the Grizzlies. You know, I would have thought they would have a better shot. So we'll see. Oh, I mean, if you knew Jamal and Michael Porter Jr. were 100%, I would pick them to make the finals for sure. Well, 100%, yeah, but at least back, you know. It's tough to come, you know. I mean, Jamal had an ACL. It's tough to be like 100% right away, right? And yeah. Back injuries that Porter has is, is always touching. Yeah, you gotta, I think. you gotta see it first for sure. Yeah. I also would, I just want to mention the Mavs. I mean, anytime you have a player like Luca, you have an outside shot, but I just, their team is, just, the team around him isn't good enough. I don't know. Dinwiddie's been playing well. <laughs> don't even speak the name to me. <laughs> I, I do think they have a little rejuvenation. And this always happens after you make a trade like that. There's a little bump now that Perzingis is gone because Luca obviously didn't like him. So now he's just happy, right? And they just kind of, like, they have better chemistry now. But we'll see. I mean, I think they got worse. So we'll see if that affects them in the playoffs. Yeah, I think their downfall is just, like, really – not having a big man that could do much. <laughs> yeah. Like Dwight Powell and Max D. Klebar aren't moving the needle any which way. And yeah. they're going to have to face the likes of, you know, and the, the eight and types, the, the Jokic's, the, the cats, like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, it'll be it interesting be really... to see 
between those two teams we just talked about, one of them is going to play the Jazz, probably one of them is play the Grizzlies first round. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like I would pick whoever's playing the Jazz to beat them, and then whoever's playing the Grizzlies to lose. Mm. <laughs> you know, no matter which. It would the be team really is. fun to see Luca against Jonathan head to head. Although Jonathan just has infinitely better supporting cast around him, but yeah, the head to head matchup would be would be pretty fun. That would be really fun. Um, number seven of my burning questions slash looming questions for the second half. Are the Los Angeles Lakers going to miss the playoffs? <laughs> I mean, God they're, a ni- <laughs> God they're a nine seed right now. They're three and a half games out of the eight seed. So they're basically almost 100% going to have to play a road game in the playoffs. They're a rival of the Celtics. <laughs> I mean, that one you can't argue with. People are acting like they're a dark horse. Like, oh, if they get in the play, like, watch out. You know, they have a puncher's chance. A puncher's chance at what? Making the playoffs as a nine seed? Like, they're they're a fucking – they're a sorry team. We've always said that a team that LeBron is on has a punching has a puncher's chance. I'm always. not saying it this year. But, yeah, especially if they have to play the Warriors or the Suns. That's game over. They're – they're not even in the same league. They're as getting the swept, and the Suns. I think. <laughs> yeah, for real, dude. It's like, remember last year when they were playing the Suns in the first round? And we're like, oh, I don't know. I think I'm going to pick the Lakers. You know, they have LeBron. And it's like the Suns are way better than they made the finals. Now, of course, AD got injured, but AD always gets injured. So that's not going to change this time around. I don't know. I, I, I haven't. I don't even think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think LeBron even cares. I feel like it's like, uh, whatever, I'll worry about next season. At this point, yeah, he's got to be worried. He just has to be concerned with how the hell do I get Russell Westbrook off this team and how do I position myself to in three years get on Bronny's team? <laughs> Those are his like, two main concerns right now. Yeah, and it's like, LeBron, you made your bed. Now you got to sleep in it. You wanted Russ, and here he is. And it's just as bad as we all envisioned it would be. Actually, worse. Imagine they could have had <laughs> Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan. <laughs> wow. I mean, they could also have Buddy Heald, who yeah. – would be better than Russell at this point. Bill Russell, that is. He would be better mm-hmm. than him, even. <laughs> at this point. <laughs> uh, how much joy would you get, Seth, if the Lakers don't even make the playoffs? I feel like it's already happened. Yeah. Even if they make the playoffs. I mean, finals. <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, listen, you told LeBron, oh, the one thing you're not, I will not allow you to do if you're to be in this relationship with me, is go to the Lakers. And he's about to realize the consequences of his actions. Yeah. I was thinking, like, at what point does a team tell LeBron no? At what point does a team realize that Mm -hmm. as great as LeBron is, he has rarely made a good decision as a GM. His favorite player coming out of the draft that year was Shabazz Napier, so. <laughs> Get that out of here, Shabazz. <laughs> that was a different like, Shabazz. <clears throat> like, I I think LeBron needs to take the blame for Russ, but I don't think it's solely his fault. I mean, it's Rob Polinka's job to say – no, LeBron, that's a bad idea. We're going to do this instead. So right. it's on both of them, but 
And I, uh, I wonder how it happened. I'm delighted. Like, I wonder if they had both deals on the table and they asked him or if, like, you know, right. he specifically asked for Russ. I don't really know. Is Rob Plink and Rob Lowe have been in the same room together? Dude, there's never been anyone with the same first name who looks exactly like in such a way as Rob Lowe and Rob Plinka. I guess I'm sure there have been, but I haven't met any, so. <laughs> and you met Rob Lowe and Rob Plinka. So. <laughs> yeah, obviously, we summer together in the Baltics. Uh, all right, number eight. I swear we only have a couple quick hitters left of these. I know you guys are fatigued from me just lobbing these burning questions at you. Number eight. Well, Zion ever play for the Pelicans again? Ever again? Yeah. The fact that you're asking tells you everything you need to know. But yes, I think he will. It doesn't tell me because I had to ask. <laughs> you think he plays again? Yeah, I think he plays for them again. But I think there's a chance he doesn't sign his offer and he goes next another team earlier than most that we've seen. He was not included in any of the promotions for current season ticket holders to sign up for season tickets for next year. <laughs> if I know, it's almost know like how, the most damning thing, right? <laughs> how the Pelicans oh, yeah. feel about it. <laughs> Here's yeah. a question. If you're another team, do you want Zion? How much money would you sign him for? I think it depends who you are and how desperate you are. Like if I'm the Knicks, yeah. What I have going for me. Yeah, if you're the Knicks, you give them. Um, but if I'm Knicks. already a decent team, then no. Well, the thing is here, when healthy, Zion is a game changer. Yeah, of course. So if you're one of those teams kind of on the edge, right, and you have the money, why not take the shot? You almost have to be like a bigger market, though, because – I mean, New Orleans is the worst market. It's literally the worst market in the NBA. So there's not surprise everyone's asking out of there. It, they're probably going to get moved to Seattle or Vegas in the next few years, you know? So, like, they have no fans. Like, it's a Saints town, you know? But, yeah, like, Kyle, if you're one of those teams that wants to take a chance, you almost have to you have to be pretty sure he's going to stay there for, for a while, you know? And that's why New York could be a good fit, which has been rumored for many years. But like if you're if you're one of the smaller markets, you know, if you're like Minnesota, probably don't go for it, right? Because you don't think it'll stay. Yeah. I don't I think Minnesota would do it if they could. Why it's not? Tough. The Blazers, perhaps? Another mm, Pelicans Blazers trade. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Know? Through what is this? This is Zion's third season. He has played yeah. in more NBA games than Embiid did through three seasons of his career. Yeah, I mentioned I can't remember if it was on the pod or not, but I mentioned that recently because it's like, yeah, he still has a chance to, you know, obviously he's still he still has a chance to have a great career, right? Um, but you know, it's not the greatest start. So and also the thing is like the Pelicans are decent. Like they're in the 10th seed right now. Um, CJ like, McCollum is on another level since the trade. <laughs> he's been very good. And, yeah, I mean, like, they could be a very 
I mean, they're ready mediocre without him. You know, they could be out of the play-in with him. So, but I hope I'm, he stays. They could be a really good team with with the players that they have. I hope they he stays and they move to Seattle. McCollum's averaging like rough math here, like thirty-five and six. As since he's joined the public. So I think it's like he's a Kwame boy. You Kwame you Mouse. envision a lineup, right? Just close your eyes, picture this. Nobody closed their eyes, but I assume the listeners did. CJ McCollum. Okay. Herb Jones as your defensive stopper. Brandon Ingram, who has improved defensively recently. Zion and Jonas Valanciunas. I mean, I got to be looking at a six seed, you know, right? At least. Come on now. It's a good lineup. Yeah. <laughs> Will it ever come to fruition? I don't know. Um, two more questions left. Everyone hang in there. This is the last big one. Who will be left off of the MVP ballot? Now, this is interesting, okay? We have Embiid as a front runner right now. Jokic and Giannis lurking DeMar DeRozan he of the Chicago Bulls also up there with them John Morant Jonathan as we've mentioned and Steph Curry those are six players there's only five on the ballot I think it's probably going to be Steph (laughs) maybe despite the Warriors being a two seed with no clay and no Draymond for half the season but man it is a contentious contentious MVP race what say you, Seth? I know you wanted you wanted a little rant about the MVP, so just go ahead. All right. So there's two things I have to complain about. You did well in asking this question, but I just constantly hear the exact phrasing, the MVP conversation. It's despicable. It's like almost as if anyone who talks about the NBA is contractually obligated to call it a conversation. <clears throat> They can't say the MVP discussion or the players in contention for MVP or the the MVP stratosphere. Secondly, it's as if anyone who's having a good season, anyone who's like in the top 10, like maybe the first two all-NBA teams, people get furious if you quote leave them out of the mvp conversation (laughs) i know it's like you know there's only one person who can win right right that's it's the mvp this isn't like a list of players in the nba you have to talk about all of them as potentially winning the mvp it's like we all know who the top three are it's gonna be one of those three yeah. If you want to talk about other people who are also having good seasons, I mean, cool. But because I'm leaving them out of the conversation, doesn't say anything about them. It's not a knock on them. It's just you, you can only have one. It's despicable. And what we do is every season we have like two weeks where we declare one MVP and then we move on to the next. I mean, start with KD and then it was Steph. And then it was Jokic, and then it was then it's yeah, Embiid, and then every time these talking heads are like, "Well, if you're not if you're not voting for Embiid, you're then what are you doing? Like he's the clear MVP." 
What the fuck You're are you talking about? Basketball, if you don't have Chris Paul in the MVP <laughs> conversation, it's like, disgusting. There's only five ballot spots. So, like I said, one of these people, probably Steph, is going to be off the fucking MVP ballot. Like it's not, it's not, it's not close. Today I saw uh, ESPN saying because Allen Iverson, love him, uh, like tweeted or put out on Instagram like a John Morant jersey hanging over the MVP trophy that AI won in, you know, won. And AI wasn't even saying that he's going to win it this year, that he should, but it was like soon enough or something. And so then ESPN takes that and is like, should John Morant be included in the MVP conversation? It's like, Does John no. Morant get included in the MVP conversation if through the rest of the year Memphis goes on a run and takes the first seed in the West? He's already in the MVP conversation. That's why this is so dumb. He's going to make the ballot but, probably. The I thing like is, any- the MVP award is not an award for the most valuable player like we say every year. It's a narrative-driven award. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it has it's nothing to do with truly who is the best player in the yeah. league. It's a narrative-driven award for the most outstanding regular season performance. Yeah. For a player on a team who is in most likely the first, sometimes the second seed. <laughs> right. There's there's parameters that have been set up throughout history that don't necessarily have to do with actual players' value. Like you know, I've been thinking about it, though, and I, I kind of like it that way because... We should otherwise... just have two awards. MVP and most outstanding player. Yeah, because otherwise LeBron would just have 10 MVPs and no one else would like yeah, score be recognized. Exactly. So that's why you add the additional, the most outstanding player. Doesn't have to be the player that's the best in the league. Like if we had an MVP award, it's Giannis most likely this year, statistically, right? Or Embiid. And I don't know if there's really any other debate, maybe Jokic. But if we want to have something narrative-driven, too, then I think that opens the door to a lot more opportunities for players on teams that I think or don't finish first or second place in their respective yeah. divisions. I think it's generally fine because we have the finals MVP, but there are some, some years where it doesn't quite work out. Maybe we need, like, a playoffs MVP. I don't know. You know, to really just say who was the best this year when push came to shove in the playoffs. But yeah, um, I know Bill Simmons has advocated for that. Yeah, it makes it makes some sense. They do it already in like hockey, but I don't know. It just it's really like I don't mind the award as much as I mind, like you said, Seth, the debate around it has become absolutely abhorrent, dare I say. Kyle, if you were to pick one to leave off your ballot right now, would it be Steph as well? Yeah, probably. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's fucking he hasn't Steph had Curry. That good of a season. I mean, by his standards, he hasn't had that good of a season. But right, I mean, and that's what people are going to look at, right? Yeah, right I mean, he's averaging twenty five this year when he didn't win one in these years where he performed much better. Yeah, I mean, he's averaging twenty twenty six, five and seven, but it is on 43, 38, 92. So still pretty yeah, he's fucking good. Yeah, he was on a horrendous stretch for a while going into the all star game. He shouldn't be top five when 
He's shooting forty three percent from the field. I, I think that's what I'm saying. I think he'll be the one left out. It's just I would not expect that in the beginning of the season when he was the MVP front runner. So you know, very interesting. Yeah, I think it's a good lesson to remember like for, for future years. Sometimes the MVP race just twists and turns and you think a front runner early in the season and they're not even being considered later in the season. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be Embiid, Jokic, or Giannis. So. I wouldn't think that as well. Uh Last question, our 10th burning question. Kyle, I need an update on who your Stogie boys are because I've been getting a lot of disinformation from you. And how is there any type of disinformation? <laughs> now you say you're out on Harden, you're in on DeJounte, but you won't even say his name right. You say it like like Deontay, the wide receiver for the Steelers. I just have a lot of questions. I think the listeners want to know who you're really favoring these days. Is Robert Covington out since he's the worst player in the league, or does that not matter to you? I'm not sure. Robert's been demoted to the bench. Wow. (laughs) Do you hear this, Seth? The worst player in the league, he actually decided to bench him. Incredible. (laughs) Is it because he's been traded from 12 different teams over the last two years because no one wants him? (laughs) You know, what Portland did to him is outright egregious. He had oh the makings of a true star, and they really just destroyed his confidence by putting him in that situation. Who can do well next to Carmelo Anthony? Well, not the Lakers, that's for sure. So, so, so who we got? I know we. So you say Rocco is on the bench. What about Schroeder? Is Schroeder still starting for the Stogie Boys? I mean, he's probably this what the second worst player in the league, Seth. I mean, he's got to be up there, right? <laughs> Did not enjoy having him on my team. I'll tell you that. I'll give you my top three okay. guards, current Stogie Boy guards. Why did it have to be three only guards? I'm I'm going through this here. Top okay. three guards. All right. I'll give you five front court players. <laughs> I didn't expect so many. Okay, I'm ready. Fine, I'll stick with three front court players as well. Okay. Three back court, three front court. Shea. Yeah. Deontay. DeJounte. However you want to pronounce his name. Okay. And it's still James Harden. Oh. Tell me at least James Harden is the third guard coming off the bench. We're starting three men. We're small ball here. <laughs> that was my guess for your three, three before you. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> now we have... The front court. Yeah. OG. OG and Anobi. Mm. Evan Mobley. Wow. A newcomer. Welcome to the team, Evan. Yeah, I mean, it's his first year, so he wasn't going to – I mean, I was a fan in college. You were. Don't get me wrong. We have many texts of me saying how good he was going to be. I always told you I playing for the brother. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I have one more, don't I? If you want it. You let me get this off. This guy Scott better know free. he's the last one you pick, though. <laughs> Who's it it's gonna be? Still, it, it, it's Jokic. Okay, well, that's fair. Yeah. I'm with you on Jokic and Mobley, by the way. Mobley has been quite a delight since he came into the league. 
So that's the the current Stogie Boy top six. I think our listeners crazy. Our starting five and a six man of the year, of course. <laughs> James Harden, six man of the year. <laughs> Seth, any thoughts on this? I mean, this is quite a revelation. I mean, no, no huge surprises. All good uh, things must come to an end. I mean, Rocco and Schroeder, though. Notably absent. good things. <laughs> Notably absent are two... You know, we've done two all-time player drafts, and he's taken Rocco in one and Schroeder in the other, who currently are two of the worst players in the league. So I don't think they're two of the worst players in the league. Russell Westbrook still plays. I think that Robert Covington has the lowest usage rate of anyone in the NBA. I'm like, telling you, Portland minutes. absolutely destroyed him. What they did was <laughs> egregious. And then Dennis has too high of a usage rate of anything. So <laughs> combine those. Man. If I didn't, if I wasn't, you know, forced to choose James Harden just because of principle, we all know Tyrese Halliburton would have been in that list, but oh, he's, man. he's second I, off the bench. He's he's making an application for Skulldog Boys as we speak. Wow. Yeah, they, um, the Pacers, uh, I talked about this with Sam, but Pacers played the Celtics and beat them the other night. And it was like, I couldn't even be upset about it. The Pacers <laughs> couldn't miss a shot. I, it, it was like the third quarter, and they were shooting 60% from three. Jesus. Tyrese was like pulling up from the logo, like the actual logo, not the edge of the giant logos that they have now. <laughs> he made two like Kareem sky hooks. I was like, we can't defend this. The- <laughs> Like, we're playing really good defense, hand in their face uh, every time, and they're just making it. So, he's he's legit, for sure, which we all knew. But Yeah. All right, well, that's been the NBA second half looming questions. What did you guys – did you guys have that little surprise I gave you there? That was nice. You know, we're talking about Tyrese and the Kings, and I saw this incredible thread of their draft picks since 2008. Ooh. Are you ready for this? We'll start yeah. in 2008. Jason Thompson over the likes of either Ibaka or Nick Batum. I don't even remember who Jason Thompson is. <laughs> right. 2009, number four pick. Tyreek Evans over either Steph Curry, DeMar DeRozan, or Drew Holiday. <laughs> That's the Tyreek one was tough. 2010, DeMarcus Cousins at number five. Okay. Traded in his prime for Buddy Heald and a pick. <laughs> hey, the Lakers could use that right now. Not wrong. <laughs> 2012, Thomas Robinson at number five. Oh, over, man. Over You're unlocking Damian, these memories. Damian Lillard or Harrison Barnes or Andre Drummond, who are all available at that pick as well. Oh, my God. 2013, the amount – they haven't – the last time they've had two picks outside of the top 12 in the last 14 years. <laughs> they should have a great team by now. Uh. 2013, number seven pick, Ben McElmore, mm. over, who was available, CJ McCollum, Giannis, and Steven Adams. I mean, I don't blame him for Giannis, but... 2014, CJ. number eight pick, Sauce... Oh, wait, no, that's not even Sauce Castillo. Uh, Nick Stauskas. Who is, that is Sauce Castillo? That is, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow, Nick Stauskas, they picked that high, dude. Holy over, over Zach Levine or Yusuf Nurkic. Oh, Yikes. number six pick in 2015, Willie Cauley Stein, Devin Booker, Miles Turner were still available. Mm. 
2017, this one's good. Number five pick, De'Aaron Fox. The note is their only good pick that hasn't been traded away. <laughs> because they couldn't get anyone to trade for him. They would have preferred to trade him. 2018, <laughs> Marvin Bagley at number two over oh. Luca, Trey, and Jaron Jackson. I don't know why they that one hurts Jaren the Jackson most. here, but... That one hurts the most. No, Jaron Jackson would have even been better. Oh, we skipped 2019 here, so I don't have anything there. But obviously 2020, Tyrese Halliburton at number 12. Excellent pick, but was traded away and is now averaging 20 and 11 on 52% field goal and 38% three-point for the Pacers. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. It's like, what okay, so the draft. The community revolt. The draft is so hard that, like, if you miss a pick, once in a while like obviously that's going to happen but when you see that pattern of behavior it's not luck anymore it's on you as an organization jesus christ oh my god they would be whoever runs the kings has to be one of the worst they would be one of the worst day traders in anything (laughs) stocks crypto whatever they are the epitome of buy the top sell the bottom (laughs) I, I thought their new – people were saying their new GM was going to be good too. And, uh, I mean, maybe the owner pushed him to make that bonus trade, but that was certainly not what we would like to see. And they're 13th right now in the West after making a buy now. <laughs> they're 17 games under 500. Holy shit. It, it's like they had this, this make the playoffs mandate, and then they made a trade that was short-sighted like you said, a win now trade, even though did it even make them better in the present? I I don't know. And, and it made them yeah. exponentially worse for the future. So they're <laughs> yeah. just dumbasses. They gave them two extra seeds to try to make the playoffs and they can't even make those. They're I mean, <laughs> they're they're literally <laughs> they're three the games out of the plan. This year. <laughs> the West is way worse than the East. 11 teams make the play-in, and they're not even going to make that. Dude, all you have to do is be 11 games under 500 to make the play-in, and they're 17 under 500. (laughs) Yet they still have more wins than the Lakers in the last, like, 12 games. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That's surprising. Fuck, man. All right, well, that was a little NBA preview of the second half. We're ready to dig in, and we'll take all of you with us. Uh, Any last words for the listeners? Sorry, we didn't get to uh, minor league handball today. Yeah, but we turned that into a James Harden debate too, probably. So it's not even worth it. (laughs) I, I will say on this pod, we don't talk about Bruno. Amen.